Yippee Yoga Pose. Yeah, I'm feeling marginally relaxed. I'm ready for anything, including YWCBN FM Ann Arbor. And off his box, a box of chocolates Would I know To stay away What's that? And off his box, a box of chocolates Would I eat them anyway? Cause every time I have half a mind to leave you, babe That means I have half a mind to stay it's Pandora's Lunchbox on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Good evening, this is Mike. Pandora's Lunchbox is a show about food and or culture every 6.30 at Thursday p.m. And every time what we try to do to bring you in, to bring your life is a little bit of neon and a little bit of baloney. And today you're going to get a little bit of both today because the sad news is that there was a giant neon sign on Washtenaw just a few days ago a beacon in the night that could be seen from space or at least about 20 feet up, and now it's gone, completely gone. A part of our culture has vanished almost suddenly, and I want to take a moment to reflect on that. I'm kind of mourning about that, as a matter of fact. Another neon sign gone from Washtenaw Avenue in Ypsilanti slash Ann Arbor. It's very sad, but I promised neon and baloney, so let's get the baloney out of the way first. Here's Weird Al Yankovic. Oh, no, no, no. 
Oh, my Bologna. <laughs> Very poignant. That is Weird Al Yankovic and My Bologna. That was a great tune that he composed, and the Knack one day came around his house and said, hey, we could use that, and that's how that became a famous song called My Sharona. That fact could not be verified at this point, but you are listening to Pandora's Lunchbox, and coming up this weekend, I know you're excited, it's the Yale Bologna Festival, or Bologna Festival if you've preferred. It's In Yale, Michigan, it's just about a two-hour drive from here. You know you want to go. It's in St. Clair County. There are going to be three days of bologna festivities, including crowning of the king and queen of bologna on the main stage, a bologna ring toss competition, because, you know, it just creates the perfect shape when you create a ring bologna. And what do you want to do with it? You want to throw it, of course. So the bologna... Ring Tross and the difficulty in speaking competition is not going to be happening this year. But there will be a Keystone Cops squirt gun battle, a cardboard boat race, of course a rubber duck race, and big bologna outhouse races. All of these at the Yale Bologna Festival this weekend. Look it up on the interwebs. It's all true. It says on their website, we're still spreading the bologna. It's true. And It makes me think of small-town America. It makes me think of small towns and large signs like the giant Arby's sign that until very recently was on Washtenaw, not too far from Ann Arbor, Pittsfield Township, I believe, technically. But I was going to read this to you. I was going to say this. Paula Gardner of AnnArbor.com says, I'm reading it to you, aren't I? The Arby's restaurant on Washtenaw in Ann Arbor is listed for sale amid indications that it will close soon. Yeah, and and I better go hurry up over there and take some pictures before it's too late. And I drove out there and it was gone. The giant 10,000-gallon hat, 10 million, I don't know how many gallons, it's gone. So we've lost, sadly, the giant Arby's neon sign. Long since losing the Ipsy Arbor Bowls sign with the impossibly balanced bowling pins left, right, left, right. You know what I'm talking about. And farther down used to be the beautiful, artistic rustic where am i going with this big boy sign the giant tall big boy sign with big boy still holding a hamburger and spinning around slowly pondering contemplating our surroundings and our place in the universe until one day the hamburger fell off of the big boy sign and rolled down washington avenue this is a true story sadly no more no arby's hat uh, it's just too sad you know i was going to play this song by randy newman called the world isn't fair But I'm going to play the next cut. It's called Big Hat, No Cattle, if you know what I mean. Since I was a child, tried to be what I am not. I've lied and I've enjoyed it all my life. I lied to my dear mother To my sisters and my brother Now I'm lying to my children and my wife Big head, no cattle Big head, no brain Big snake, no rattle I forever I knew 
from the start. Big old no plan. Big belly and no heart. Can't remember why I do it. Oh, maybe I can. And I understand these days is hard to find. To my side, stood up straight, threw my head back, and I lied, lied, lied. Big head, no cap, big shoes, well, you know, big horse, no saddle. He goes where. Big hat, no cattle. Big sign, no neon. Big washtana, no idea what to say next. Thank you, Randy Newman. We're mourning the loss of the big neon hat on Washtenaw. Big hat, no cattle. No roast beef, no horsey sauce. No paddle. Big and no heart. Not even a stuffed potato. No paddle. Big no heart. No heart, I tell you. That's Randy Newman. Big Hat, No Cattle from his album Bad Love from 1999. This is Pandora's Lunchbox. We're exploring food and mourning the loss of a giant neon hat sign and what it means in all of our lives. You know what I'm saying? About this neon thing, you know, all this stuff with giant neon hats started with astronomers and glassblowers, you know. Honestly, says here in about.com, this is, this is interesting, the word neon comes from the Greek neos, meaning the new gas. Hey, man, check it out. It's the new gas. That's right. The theory behind neon sign technology dates back to 1675. 
long before roast beef sandwiches were the thing. Before the age of electricity, when the French astronomer Jean Picard observed a faint glow in a mercury barometer tube and said, Make it so. Sorry, wrong guy. When the tube was shaken, a glow called barometric light occurred. But the cause of the light, psst, static electricity, was not understood at the time. In 1855, the Geissler tube was invented, named after Heinrich Geissler, a German glassblower and physicist. The importance of the Geissler tube was that after electrical generators were invented, many inventors began conducting experiments. We'll get to more experiments later on this show. When a Geissler tube was placed under low pressure and electrical voltage was applied, the gas inside would glow. Neon gas itself was discovered by William Ramsey and M.W. Travers in 1898 in London. What is neon? It's a rare element present in the atmosphere to the extent of one part per 65,000 parts of air. It's obtained by liquefaction of air and separated from the other gases by fractional distillation. The French engineer, chemist, and inventor Georges Claude was the first person to apply an electrical discharge to a sealed tube of neon gas, circa 1902, creating a lamp. This is the man. He displayed the first neon lamp to the public in 1910 in Paris. Soon, food was involved, and that's why we're here. By 1913, a large sign for the vermouth Cinzano, an Italian vermouth, illuminated the night sky in Paris with three-and-a-half-foot white letters. By 1919, the entrance to the Paris Opera was adorned with neon tube lighting. And in 1923, Georges Claude and his French company Claude Neon introduced neon gas signs to the U.S. by selling two to a Packard car dealership, not on Packard in Ann Arbor, but a Packard car dealership in Los Angeles. Earl C. Anthony bought the two signs reading Packard for $24,000 in 19, early 1920s money. That's a lot of money. Now, another meditation slightly on neon, perhaps. How about... Uh, uh, neon in a supermarket, the neon fruit supermarket, I ask you. A poem, I tell you, I play for you this poem. I have trouble speaking, but I will play you this poem. This is Allen Ginsberg in a poem called A Supermarket in California. It's about food, it's about supermarkets, and there is neon in there, so look out. post trees, so to speak. What thoughts I have of you tonight, Walt Whitman? For I walked down the side streets under the trees with a headache, self-conscious, looking at the full moon. In my hungry fatigue and shopping for images, I went into the neon fruit supermarket, dreaming of your enumeration. What peaches and what penumbras, whole families shopping at night, aisles full of husbands, wives in the avocados, babies in the tomatoes, and you, Garcia Lorca, what were you doing down by the watermelon? I saw you, Walt Whitman, childless, lonely old grubber, poking among the meats in the refrigerator and eyeing the grocery boys. I heard you asking questions of each. Who killed the pork chops? What price bananas? Are you my angel? I wandered in and out of the brilliant stacks of cans, following you and followed in my imagination by the store detective. We strode down the open corridors together in our solitary fancy, tasting artichokes, possessing every frozen delicacy and never passing the cashier. Which way are we going, Walt Whitman? The doors close in an hour. Which way does your beard point tonight? I touch your book, 
and dream of our odyssey in the supermarket and feel absurd? Will we walk all night through solitary streets? The trees add shade to shade, lights out in the houses. We'll both be lonely. Will we stroll dreaming of the lost America of love past blue automobiles and driveways home to our silent cottage? Ah, dear father, graybeard, lonely old courage teacher, what America did you have when Charon quit poling his ferry and you got out on a smoking bank and stood watching the boat disappear on the black waters of Lethe? Neon Lights. Thank you, Kraftwerk. Thank you. Before that, we heard uh, we heard Mr. Allen Ginsberg and a poem, A Supermarket in California. This is Pandora's Lunchbox. I'm still Mike. Coming up at 7, Arwolf will help us to face the music. In the meantime, pondering neon as neon signs disappear. Red is the color neon gases produce, you know. It glows with its characteristic red light even at atmospheric pressure. There are now more than 150 colors possible. Almost every color other than red is produced using argon, mercury, and phosphor. The colors in order of discovery were blue, mercury, white, CO2, gold, helium, red, neon, and then different colors with phosphor-coated tubes. The mercury spectrum is rich in ultraviolet light, which in turn excites a phosphor coating on the inside of the tube to glow. Phosphors are available in most pastel colors. Speaking of neon and inventors, the Maker Fair is coming up this weekend. I wanted you to know about that. The Maker Fair is coming up in Dearborn at the Henry Ford this Saturday and Sunday. It's been described as a celebration of unbridled creativity and discovery. Neon's already been discovered. It's been put into food signs, but there's more discovering yet to do. Looked up some information on this. It's at the Maker Fair. That's Maker Fair, F-A-I-R-E, Detroit.com. 
The exhibits will include the Great American Horn Machine, as opposed to the Man Machine, touted as the world's loudest mobile musical instrument. It's a three-ton collection of truck, train, and ships, air horns, and steam whistles, all mounted on a tandem axle car trailer. Most of the single horns have a manufacturer's rated output of over 100 decibels at 100 feet! And, and the largest horn, originally from a U.S. Navy ship, is audible for seven miles at sea. Okay, we need to get your Google Maps out and figure out seven miles from Dearborn. Well, I suppose there are buildings in the way. But nonetheless, what other chance do you get to destroy your hearing with a U.S. Navy ship horn, huh? On land. Meanwhile, a kinetic push mill is another thing that's going to be there. The maker describes it as part of a larger vision of a generator gym concept where a workout will produce electricity. So eight arms are extending out from a turnstile, and eight to 16 people will be walking around in a circle pushing those arms, which transfers kinetic energy into a gearbox and so on, creating electricity. Perhaps more important, food. There's going to be food. There's going to be a... Coke Zero and Mentos Spectacular. I'm afraid to know what that means, but you may know about what happens when you combine certain carbonated beverages with Mentos candies. The chemical reaction gives you a huge foamy geyser. So a paper by Tanya Coffey, which is a great name, a physicist at Appalachian State University in North Carolina, goes into detail. She found that the rough surface of the candy helps speed the reaction. Coffey also found that the aspartame in diet soda lowers the surface tension and causes a bigger reaction, but that caffeine does not accelerate the reaction. So the Maker Fear in Dearborn is going to have an EP Bird Coke Zero and Mentos Spectacular. So this EP Bird thing, EP Bird have a website where they show you their invention of a rocket car powered by the combination of pop and candy, which eventually, after many tries, propelled a human over 200 feet. I don't know for sure if they're going to bring the car there, but they will be there, and it will involve the combination of diet pop and candy. You'll have to find out for yourself. That's all at MakerFairFairDetroit.com. The Maker Fair is in Dearborn at the Henry Ford this Saturday and Sunday, a celebration of unbridled creativity and discovery, kind of like WCBN, but in a parking lot. Thank you, Kraftwerk. They're just chilling in the back here. A few other food thoughts for you. You know, we talked about the Yale Bologna Festival earlier in Yale, Michigan. It's this weekend, folks, in Yale, Michigan, just a two-hour drive from Ann Arbor, St. Clair County, the Yale Bologna Festival, outhouse races, Yale Bologna ring tosses, the whole bit. There are other fairs going on, though. The Ohio State Fair has begun. Dairy officials are celebrating the capital city of Columbus's 200th birthday with a massive cake made almost entirely of butter. Standing six feet high by five feet wide, the cake was made with the help of 2,400 sticks of butter, because 2,300 is not nearly enough. The cake is topped with the number 200 and has ornate carvings of notable city landmarks, including the Ohio State House, made of butter. Organizers say it also has dairy cows on it, not real dairy cows standing on the cake, but 
butter representations of dairy cows. Because if the cows stood on it, they'd probably sink into it and it wouldn't be pretty. But they represent the agricultural focus of, of Ohio, you know, so it has an educational component. Cincinnati-based sculptors commissioned by the American Dairy Association Mideast crafted the cake in more than 450 hours. More than half a million visitors are expected to stop by the butter display this year. The Ohio State Fair started yesterday and continues through August 5th. In Indiana, meanwhile, getting ready for the Indiana State Fair next month, a food tasting panel has declared a confection called Spaghetti and Meatballs Ice Cream. Yum! The signature food of this year's Indiana State Fair. The dish made by Monroe Concessions bested such offerings as Micro Beer Cheese Sauce and Hoosier Caramel Corn Sundae. Yeah. It features the, the spaghetti and meatballs ice cream features spaghetti-shaped gelato with strawberry, quote, tomato sauce, unquote, shaved white chocolate cheese and chocolate meatballs. Fairgoers, fairgoers will also be able to get deep-fried Girl Scout Samoa cookies, deep-fried M&Ms, deep-fried Hershey Drops, and deep-fried bubblegum, which I think pretty much right there sums up our country. We are a land of deep-fried bubblegum. Previous deep-fried fair delicacies have included pickles, pickles, Twinkies, Snickers bars, ice cream, Kool-Aid donuts, and bacon. I want Kool-Aid donuts and bacon in one big bowl, but that's all going to be at the Indiana State Fair August 3rd through the 19th. This has been Pandora's Lungs Box, and one slightly more wholesome parting shot here. Just to let you know, a kosher food pantry in Berkeley, Michigan, has gotten an $85,000 donation, says Kathy Kavanaugh of the Daily Tribune of Royal Oak. It's the only kosher food pantry in Michigan gotten the boost by the donation. It's the biggest corporate contribution given to Yad Ezra since it opened in 1990 in, in, uh, in Berkeley, Michigan. And Executive Director Leah Luger says they're going to use it to buy healthy food for families. Yed Ezra means helping hand in Hebrew. It serves about 5% of the Jewish population of Metro Detroit, including many individuals who used to donate to the agency. Luger said people who, people who never thought in their wildest dreams that they would need assistance now need it. So Yed Ezra has recently added a drive through window service with evening hours for people who are self-conscious about struggling for the first time in their lives. It started by serving many Russian families, finally able to leave the Soviet Union, and now they serve a wide variety of people. That's in Berkeley. I've been Mike. This has been Pandora's Lunchbox in spite of it all. Let's end with another moment, tribute to the neon signs that are and are no more. Here's Mr. Wayne Hancock, thunderstorms and neon signs, getting you into Face the Music. It's WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Hey, Wayne, where are you going? I'm going to go do joint jumping. Well, the stars are shining in the east Texas air. Another 50 minutes and I'm going to Wayne just whispered in my ear and said that he wants me to play cut number three. Let's try this.
made my whole evening, man. Thank you so much. And good evening. Welcome to Face the Music. It's just after 7. This is WCBN FM Ann Arbor, 88.3 megahertz. We're the voice of the underground intellectual resistance movement, broadcasting from the Student Activities Hotel in downtown Ann Arbor, student-run experimental experiential radio at the University of Michigan, the uh, longest